This is Craig Riondo, and you're listening to UND Football 360. The Fighting Hawks chopped down the Lumberjacks in a convincing Potato Bowl win. This week, they landed Boise to battle the Broncos. It's a breakfast buffet on blue turf, and this is UND Football 360. This is UND Football 360. Shannon Schweigert, along with former Fighting Sioux All-American Kelly Howe and 2001 National Champ Matt Nelson and fellas. The Hawks are 2-0 going into their FPS week. Couldn't ask for much more in the season thus far. Just as we thought. Yeah, we we figured 2-0, and it's kind of gone the way we asked to blow out Drake. They blew him out. We wanted a nice convincing win over Northern Arizona. We got a nice convincing win. You know, it was it was a little sketchy at times, but I don't know, Matt. I'm I'm where where I want to be. Yeah, so far so good. I think there's some room for improvement, which is yeah. kind of what you want to. We always want to improve throughout the season, but yeah. uh, we got the games that we wanted. We want wanted the matchups that we wanted, and the guys are doing well. They're all playing well. They seem to have good camaraderie and. Uh, things are good on the sideline. You want to, you know, watch the sideline. They're all into it. So, uh, we got a good team, uh, this year and hopefully in the next week we can, uh, capitalize on that a little bit. We got a great show for you folks. Um, in our a block, the Kelly Howe agency, we're going to rewind that win, uh, against Northern Arizona. Our development homes guest in this segment is Brian Sean. He's the TV voice of the fighting Hawks. In B Block, in our second segment, we'll have our Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview. Early kickoff in Boise. We're going to talk a little bit about what that means. It's 10 a.m. in Boise when this kicks off. It's an FS1 game, so it's uh, their their FS1 Big Noon kickoff. Big Noon in the East Coast. It's 10 o'clock in Boise, 11 o'clock Central. We'll have our Hail Mary quiz um, our 360 game preview, and then we're going to settle that controversy in Kelly and Matt's picks. We sent it to the fans. We'll tell you how that turned out. Uh, but before Can't we, wait. Oh, yeah. it's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be great. Okay. How we, much are you paying these guys? Yeah. We might have well, to have they, they live in the real world is we, what they do. We might just have like to have myself. security. Listen <laughs> yeah. to that. It, it's starting hey, already. How about my prediction last week how too, guys? We, yeah, you God, were pretty close. You were pretty close. it here. You know, the, the <laughs> UND Football 360 <laughs> podcast is brought to you by Rumors Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino. Development Homes Incorporated, Thunder Lake Lodge of Reamer, Minnesota, and the Kelly Howe Agency, Nodak Mutual Insurance. And let's go right to our Kelly Howe Agency, Nodak Mutual Insurance Rewind. And just like he used to protect the secondary in the late 90s for the Fighting Sioux, Kelly Howe can protect your assets. And the man himself is right here. Kelly, check in. This is about month two. Your new career? Going good. How are things going so far? Still going. Grinding away. It's fun. No, it's fun. It's fun. Get uh, Games are a little more fun. I'm talking to people, get around, you know, just have a little more motivation. <laughs> get out and move around. Seeing a lot of people at the game. You know what's been great is the crowd. The crowd has been made. One of the first notes I wrote down in my review about NAU was the crowd. Amazing crowd. Besides yeah. the numbers, the energy. The energy is there this great. year, and I'm noticing – and I, I, I was talking to somebody um, before the game, and I said, it seems like they're expecting something. Yeah. Like they, the energy's there because it's kind of, we're drifting back to the old days where they're showing up and they're expecting a fun time and they're expecting to win. And 
that's, I don't know, it's a good feeling. Well, speaking of which, fellas, the Hawks down any 35-22. Who had these three things on 37-22. excuse me. I Somebody picked 37-2 for UND. Yeah, so. I wonder who that was. We'll yeah, find I out know, later. It's weird. We'll find out later. Who had this? <laughs> who had these three on your bingo card? One, a Jake Saltonstall interception. <laughs> Two, a Ted Mullen 90-yard two-point return. Um, and number three, who had Jeffrey Grish Griffin Jr. lead blocking on a touchdown? Right. That's why the fans are excited. <coughs> Excuse me. You yeah. don't know what's going to happen with this Hawk team. Well, that's and that's besides what Danny's doing on offense. He was pretty tame, too. I saw him after the game. I was like, pretty boring game for you. I go, where were all the tricks? Ah, didn't have to. Didn't have to, <laughs> didn't have to do them. Right. And what a relief, too, that we have yep. a team that we, we don't have to pull out every little trick in the book yep. to be able to beat teams. And uh, uh, that's just a testament to our offensive line, our running backs, and, and Tommy Schuster, that, that we don't have mm -hmm. to do all those things. And, and uh, it's just fun to watch straight-up football and have us be yep. successful. Speaking of Tommy, I got 21-30, 259, one touchdown. No interceptions, zero, zero mistakes. Pretty much went where he was supposed to with the ball. I mean, he threw – he missed one throw. I remember, gosh, I can't remember what it was. But he missed one that I thought he should have had. The rest were just some, you know, the defense. Defense likes to make plays too, guys. So we got to remember that. You know, they like to – you know, yeah, he's they, not going to complete every pass. They game so. plan us just like, you know, we yeah. do. Uh, it's, <laughs> like, it's like Bubba always says when uh -huh. the questions get to go on and on and on, and he always says, you know, the other team wants to win too. Right. They yeah. have coaches and the other team. They have the other team. Weird. They got yeah. players too. They have you know? athletes, right? <laughs> so I, Tommy was Tommy was the real deal again. He was like I, I yeah. Just every week now, I show up. I am not concerned. I don't even think about him as a factor in the game because I know he's going to be one. Mm -hmm. I don't worry about it. Like how many times this in the last couple of years have been like, oh God, that throw into double coverage, that could have been picked off. Or, oh, you know, that, that happens in the NFL all the time, you know, that type of thing. Can you remember one where you're like, no. ooh, poor pass by Tom. I can't believe he threw that. I don't think I've said that once yeah. in, like, two years. If he throws it, it's one-on-one, -on -one. you know, it's a, it, which is fair. You know, if he found the guy he liked, he threw one-on-one. -on -one. Whether it gets completed or not, okay. But um, no, just no egregious mistakes to where he puts his team in a bad situation. No, yeah, no. absolutely. I couldn't couldn't agree more. He's good decision maker, and that's you know, gosh, you can't ask for anything more in a quarterback to just make yeah. good decisions out there for your team. Well, and and, and Danny trusts him, you know, hundred percent. You can tell he just whatever he's going to call, and you just he he knows he'll run it correctly, get him in the right side. But the the key too, what what um, folks need to understand is it, when he gets the line, he's diagnosing these things pre snap. So he pretty much knows. I think we talked to him in the preseason about that. I asked him. He said, you know, he pretty much knows where he's going unless they do something exotic. And then he switches quick. But let's go back, like, the first play of the game. I don't know if you guys remember this. I think UND tried a little trickery. Uh, they tried to slip Bo down the seam, a little post route deep. It was a little – some action in the backfield to get him, to trick him. And then Bo was streaking down for post. NAU covered it up, but they covered everything deep all day. So they covered it up. Tommy gets flushed, runs out to the right, and he has no business. This play's broken. It's done. Okay. And he he could have thrown it away. He could have probably ran for a couple yards, maybe. He finds Norby curled up in front of him, hits him. I think it may have been a first down even. I don't know. It was eight to ten yard range. He had no business finding Jaden Norby standing there in the middle of the field. He was he was the, the 
15th option on the play. Okay, he's not even a receiver. I think he was blocking right away and then just kind of streaked downfield. And he found him. And I mean, it was uh, that's where I was like, wow. I mean, this is this is things starting to come together and nicely. The, see, and, and offensively, my takeaway, well, and special teams as well. How valuable is Red Wilson on the field? They're using him a lot, aren't he they? Got a, he got a hand on a punt block. Oh. He's going to get one because oh, yeah. of the quickness. They were close. By the yeah. way, CJ is so close to extra points and yeah that one cj's gonna get one but how valuable is red wilson they can do a lot of things with him and they had him on kick coverage as well he he was he was touching all different ways again like and then that's like danny said preseason to us he said the easiest way to get the guy a ball is to hand it anybody just hand it to him okay we don't need to overthink this or a little jet sweep or a quick bubble, you know, just don't overthink it because Red's not a guy you want running downfield on a dig or a, it's just too hard. He's five seven or whatever he is. I mean, it, it, you're you're taking your chances that somebody gets in the lane. Box, right. Let's just get him, get him the ball, then tell him to make the other eleven guys that are coming out of miss type of thing. And he's doing it though. He's efficient that way. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's he pretty is. impressive right now. But to your to your comment though about hitting. Norby on that first play I think it's a lot of it to do with the camaraderie that our offensive ha- has as well and the confidence in Tommy where just because it's a broken play doesn't mean that there's not another play out there somewhere right. so once I get open I'm going to stay open and I'm, the play's not over till the till the whistle blows right right and the weapons you know seeing uh seeing Luke Skokna back um, yeah. boy he runs Ooh. hard Quick. Oh, you talk well, he hasn't played for down. a year yep. and a half. year and a half. He looks like he has energy. He has energy. He's full then, of energy. Well, we talked <laughs> to him before the season. He was raring to go. Oh, he could have played that day at media day. And Wes, sure. Wes Elador. Well, um, good. And even when Wes isn't catching the ball, he's blocking downfield. You know, another thing. Yeah, that's a great point. Perimeter blocking. They're good. They're, that unit's good. And uh, I asked uh, some of the staff. I said, hey, how's, it, you know, how's Wes fitting in? And I'm just, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything about him. And oh, how's he fitting into the room? A lot of, lot of receivers, you know. I mean, he's having to split time. You know, he's not the guy anymore like he would be at South Dakota. Great. Unbelievable. They go, he's so mature. He's They're just raving about him. Like, so he's splitting reps. I mean, wait, let's say he's getting 25 plays a game. Maybe. I don't know. You know, he's not getting 50, no. 60 like he would at South Dakota. Right. And he's happy. He's content, having a great time. Um, good kid, good for the locker room. So I think that's, that's one thing I'm figuring out. Like when we talk about transfers in the offseason and we're, well, they need an outside backer. They need a safety. This coaching staff is very selective about who they bring in or who they they do. I mean, I'm talking FBI-level background checks. Right. It seems like they are uh, not bringing culture, anybody. Culture comes in before talent. Yep, yep. they, they, they start with culture rooms. first. Yep. Correct, yep. And and they and I th- I honestly think that's why they didn't bring in a linebacker this year. I think they, they were looking. And you can't tell me they didn't find one because they're out there. I mean, there's hundreds in the portal. Nobody Nobody really needs linebackers, so they're out there. They'll take them if they're good enough type of thing. But UND needed one, and they didn't take one. So that told me they saw someone, eh, not a fit. Yep. Found another guy, eh, not a fit. And just kept the locker room intact. Well, fast forward, coming into the season, locker room's great. Camaraderie's yeah. good. We don't have any assholes. Nobody's <laughs> ruining. Nobody's dragging anybody down. Nobody it's like, right hey, down. it's weird how that works, and I guess. I think, <laughs> I'll trust them. And, and it, Tyler Hoosman set the standard. Yeah. Because Tyler came from Northern Iowa and said, I want to play in this offense. He was number four 
down there. I still don't oh, understand he, that. One guy said he was six. Well, I read. I, I Northern still don't Iowa, understand they said that. Six. Oh, yeah. He listed the guys. He said he, he's probably six. He's but, not going to play. But he set, he's the, not playing. he set the standard. Yeah. And then even when, you know, even when you get to um, a transfer like Jeffrey Griffin Jr., um, who has adapted, who has fit yep. in the culture and has been a great addition on the defensive Salt and stall. line. Salt and he stall. fits in. He I fits. think they cleared him, too. So, yep. basically, if you come here, you've been cleared yeah. off the field by, by your assistant coaches. Probably, I'm guessing, they call down, ask them. Maybe talk to the kid then. Maybe, you know, try to do a chat with the parents quick or something. You know, just mm-hmm. to get a feel for it and see what their intentions are moving forward, how they act and stuff. And all of them are on the field. So we're bringing in these transfers, and they're all on the field getting splitting reps. None of them are full-time, you know, 60-play-a-game guys, so they're not guaranteed anything. And, yeah, I, don't, I like the way this team's going. They just got to stay thing, healthy, keep it rolling. The other thing is, uh, academically, um, our transfers have come in. Most of them have had academics in mind. They're either getting a graduate degree, finishing their Business. degree. Business, business school over there, business brand new business has, school isn't has, hurting. Yep. Has helped, and they're getting, you know, a fantastic University of North Dakota degree. They may have been in a directional school or, you yep. know, what have you. Um, but the, the point being, there is a lot to offer for these transfers coming in, you know, to the culture at, at UND. Yep. And um, they love Grand Forks. Now, <laughs> just <fun. laughs> you know, that is because it's easy to make fun of the town, but, but, here but they the love thing, it. They know? love it. And here's the thing about us. And, and again, this is not King Cass coming at you. I love Grand Forks. But now we North Dakotans understand our role in the country. We know what we're all about. Right. Um, Matt, you, you, you know even more. You're, you're from Duluth. You, mm-hmm. We understand when people don't understand us. But these guys come in. These transfers come in, and one of the first things they mention is, boy, we love Grand Forks. It, it's, it's a place where the fans are fantastic. The facilities, you know, are fantastic. You know, thanks to Nodak Mutual, our, our weight room, our locker rooms, all of that are going to be fantastic as well. And um, they even mention Grand Forks quite a bit, saying, I, ju- I just love it. In, right. uh, and they, Grand Forks. They, it's I grew up there. So I lived my whole life in Grand Forks, came right back for college. So I'm well aware of what Grand Forks has to offer. You know, Matt, you were up there for quite a while, too. Yeah, and I fell in love with it. I've been in North Dakota for the majority of my life, and, and moving to Grand Forks was one of the best decisions I ever made. And, well, and I, I, lo- I yeah. fell in love with it, too. It just uh, the great culture. and, and it has an, You the, know what it has? It has its identity. Yeah. You know what you're getting when you come into town. You're getting a small town, not too small, but small. Yep. And they love UND, and they love their hockey, and they love the, and they love, you know, they love the sports, and it's just that. But that's it. It, Like there's, it's not fifteen things going on in Grand Forks, right? You know what you're getting, and you can acclimate. I moved out when I moved to Arizona. I didn't know if I was foot or horseback down there. I'm like, there's, it's soulless in Phoenix. Like I don't know what's going on in that town. I'm like, who who do they what do they do? What do they like? What do they You they don't hike. hear anything about the Cardinals. They don't care about yeah. this. They don't they care hike about a lot. Yeah, they, they no, everyone goes and does their own thing. They I think it's like they the sense of community down there is not yeah. and it was weird cuz I'd come but, up from Grand Forks and you know, Fargo area where you know what you got. Right. We know what we like. And you it's know, a col- it's, like, it's a college town. It's a lot like Madison. 
in a way. Now, Madison yeah, is I could larger, see Madison being but, just but like but that, Madison too. Madison is like that, too. You know what the, you get. The fans yeah. are close to the teams and to yeah. the players. Well, and you except compare, they're in Wisconsin. Yeah, they're in Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. but, you <laughs> no know, offense to our Wisconsin guys on the roster, but <laughs> the, the you're tw- in Grand Forks now, right? The Twin <laughs> Cities people, the, yeah. the, the gopher people always say, why would you go to Madison? Why would you go? Well, because it's college town. It's got – It's a nice town. It's it nice is. That's why. They're top dog. When you come to University of Minnesota Twin Cities campus, you're not top dog. No. You got the Vikings. Kings, you got the twins. You got. I mean, see, you're not top. Dog. See, that's what you think. You go down it's, there. It's a pro. They're stuck in the middle of right. the town, and yeah, oh, of course, right around it. They got their. They own that. They yes. own that area and stuff. But you go out to the suburbs, and they're not real concerned with the golfers in the suburbs, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. obviously some are. Yes, you know, but I mean, they're not. They're not dying like in Madison, where right. where the entire area yeah. around it the is whole, all well, the whole, whole state, state pretty much. Yeah, state, you know. Yeah. They're, but it's just different, and that's why, fans. you know, with Grand Forks, you get your north, the north of Grand Forks. You know, you got the beat, the beat area. And that is they got their hard UND country. Yeah, they got their guys up there. And it's just, I can, it's easy, you know, if I think for these guys to assimilate because you just go around town for a while and you can figure out Grand Forks in a matter of a month. You can pretty yeah. much figure yeah. out what it is. That's fair. All right. Yeah. Pretty easy to fit in. So <laughs> yeah. to, to wrap things up on our rewind I'm going to go to Matt first yeah. and say, Matt, your takeaway after Saturday. What's your takeaway going into this week? I think it was a very good game for us. I think that, yeah, the, you know, the 22 points, the kind of our second guys letting up some points in the end, I think that's fixable. All the mistakes yeah. that we made are very fixable. Um, I want to see us come out and improve on getting a good fast start. Uh, some electricity in the first series. Um, you know, we, we've kind of fallen short on that. Overall, great effort. I think it's what we needed to have confidence going into Boise in an FBS matchup. So I think we've accomplished all the things that we need to to give us uh, some momentum going into this game. And the uptick in, in competition from Drake mm-hmm. to NAU was needed. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And And looking at both... Uh, NAU and Boise, you know, they both are in zone option. They're going to fly around. Do They have some talent. You know, obviously Boise has talent on their team, but it was a good, you know, scrimmage if you want to call it, call it that going into Boise in an FBS opponent. Plus then we'll come back for a bye and then we get South Dakota we State. South so it's Dakota ramping State. up yeah. real quick it in is. talent. Yeah, right. But yeah, uh, right. yeah, I got, I would run through my notes here quick. Um, the non-call on Bo. He's down the sideline. I saw it, guys. I'm standing in the catwalk right above it. I mean, I'm on the sideline looking right down UND's sideline, so it happened right below me. Ref wasn't even looking. She was not looking was at Bo. She was looking into the end zone. Your job is not to look into the end zone. The number one reason why is because nobody was in the end zone. Okay, UND didn't have a receiver in the end zone. Bo was going to be the guy in the end zone, but he didn't make it yeah. there because he got mugged. Well, she got... was concerned about some of the rubber pellets. Right, yeah. Oh, so anyway, it's not, you know, it's, she just needs to look in the right direction is the only thing. So that was a little frustrating, but uh, crowd energy was great. Um, this is Gavin Zebarth had another big game. Oh, yeah. He was our inside zone guy. Yep. He ended up with 69 yards. He was uh, yeah. tough, tough running again. That's what we Gavin remember preseason. Who's going to take – Hoosman's tough running right. snaps, and, right? And Gavin yeah. and well, Isaiah Smith. Have yeah, Isaiah was he was getting solid. in there too, They've and been he's solid. been a little off the radar because he hasn't yeah. gotten in the. I don't think he's gotten in the end zone yet, and right. but his time's coming. Just you know, just wait. Obviously, he's gonna. They'll get him loose as, here soon, yeah, right? As things unfold, they'll get him out the flat. Right. Nau, yeah. Nau had one sack and only two quarterback hurries. 
So they didn't get to Tommy a lot. Flushed him a little bit. Then gave uh, him a massive yeah, hit yeah, on the sideline. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. How about that hit he took? The Tommy. Woo. That was big. He said after the game, boy, I got hit. Well, <laughs> I got and he, hit what's the set? It was clean, too. It that was, was a hell of a hit. It was clean, and he said yep. I was looking down or whatever. That's on me. And but here's the thing. What's up? He doesn't need to take those hits. Tommy, no, we want no, you no, down. No. Right. We but don't want you to take that here's hit. What I, here's what I tweeted above his. He, he said that quote after the game, and I, late that night I saw it tweeted. Um, that, I think, I believe that turned it into fourth and one because he uh, – because he w- did, you know, run forward, boom, and then yeah. get launched into the sideline. Yeah, but up. he was running forward. They marked it one yard short. Well, we go for a fourth one and get it. Okay, if Tommy slides or ducks out of bounds, it's, it's fourth, fourth and three, and, fourth and, and we're punting. Right. So I said, hey, the only reason we kept that drive going is because he got yeah. slaughtered. You know, we don't want to see that, but tough kid. Tough hey, kid, give him but... credit for that. And so he – yeah, he – there, there was well a lot again. of collective breath holding oh, in the Alara Center after that hit. And his now, helmet was off, too. Now let's, so we're like, let, let's, UND had to take a timeout, I remember, did, to let, get because he took his helmet off. Way, so that's he, not a knock on our backup quarterbacks. We got confidence no. in our backups. But, but Tommy has been our man for so long. And this early in the season, taking a hit like that, you know, it, there, there was a gasp. You know, if you notice, they <clears throat> they took time out so he could be on the field on fourth and one right. with Quincy in the game at tight end. Right. Quincy shifts into the quarterback play. So they just wanted him on the field to slow NAU down for just a hair, even though, I mean, everyone in the stadium knew Quincy was going to get under center. Coming, right? Right. But they wanted Tony on the field just just for the yeah. illusion. For so the they look. even burned a timeout so he could right. stay in. They yeah. wanted the look. Of, yeah, of so that was, I thought that was interesting. Wyatt, Pet- Wyatt Pettigo, another great game. That wow. kid's full of energy he is everywhere i mean he this is what we were expecting this is what we wanted last year he's two and a half tfls one sack that's what we wanted our inside linebackers malachi mcneil he's flashing a little bit he can move here you you know you mentioned wyatt pedigo i'm going to talk about two defensive linemen all had a great performance how about eliza elijah beach getting back Mm -hmm. into the game, you know, everybody Sack. needs a, Everybody needs an attorney on the field. There, there's a lot of liability going on, there, but Elijah was great to just see him back, too, back on the field. Um, but I'm going to mention two downfield tackles. One was Jake Saltonstall, got a big tackle downfield. The other, Jack Tyken, his oh, pursuit yeah. downfield. Yep. Wow! And when you see that, now two things have happened: running backs busted loose. You know, it, it, that that's don't a want it, but. you don't want it. But it shows that they got some wheels. And Jack Tyken is just a half step on his quarterback sacks. He's a half step off. And freshman. It, it's, nope. He's a freshman. And what it is is angles and yep. it's all angles. under instead of out. Understanding what, what hand exactly. the quarterback is, which way he's going to flush. He's going to flush right. If he, if he has any opportunity whatsoever, they're going to flush right. Trey right. Feeney will flush left. Yep. You know what I mean? It's, it's that simple. So, But it's been yeah, – and it's, then, you know, Jeffrey – They had three sacks Orlando in the game. and Jeffrey so. Griffin at, um, at nose. Um, we've had some good plays. Been good. And I, th- I think we left a little bit on the table, too. There was a couple of times in the zone option that, oh, we, you know, we could have had some major tackles for loss. And, you know, I think we got a little bit uh, hesitant with the with their quarterback. He's very good. <laughs> He's and quick. so that he's quick, and that threw us off a little bit. Another um, thing in my notes, I want to write down before I forget it. You know, I th- they scored two late touchdowns. You know, and um, um, the last one I think it was thirty-seven sixteen. 
you know, if you're playing corner and it's 37 to 16, you probably don't want to be biting on a double move. <laughs> I mean, if the guy wants to curl up at 10 yards, go ahead. Please go curl up at 10 yards. It'll just come tackle you, hold you up for a few seconds, let the clock run. Great. You don't bite on it and then get beat for a touchdown as he spins by you. It's like, you know, these are things. I mean, I talked to my kid about that the other night. I was telling you this before. It was 57 to 6. He got in the end of the varsity game and he get the guy ran by him. <laughs> and he got beat. He yeah. caught up to him, but he play, kind of hit him before the ball got there, whatever. After the game, I just kind of, hey, I go, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, you got to kind of think. Now, he's only a sophomore, so he doesn't understand. I go, you got to kind of think. Oh, it's 57 to 6. Do you care if they run a five yard hitch? I don't. You know, that type of thing. So, you know, he's looking at me. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I go, why don't you just bail? Now, let's just bail from now on. It's 57 to 6. Just you line up. Line up wherever the hell you want. I don't care. But bail. Just get out of there and stuff. It'll don't help you. Don't let him get behind you. Yeah, don't let him get behind you. Well, it's 37-16. Backups are in. You know, let's just not bite on double hitches. You're not going to jump the hitch anyway. If you're jumping hitches when it's 37 to 16, you're going to get yelled at for jumping the hitch. We don't want you doing that. <laughs> just bail. Bail, come up, tackle them, run the clock type of thing. So, yeah, a lot of learning. Teaching points, learning Teachable stuff models. from the tape. Yep. Teachable models, <laughs> there you right, go, yeah. from the tape. Yeah. Well, so. I'm going to channel my inner Kelly Howell right now and give you an all-American take. You know the old saying, good teams win, great teams cover? <sighs> Hawks Oof. didn't cover. That blew the cover Hawks, right there because it was right 20 there. and a half. Yeah. We Hawks, were up by 21. Hawks didn't cover. And we're jumping <laughs> We're jumping curl routes. Your, you're not going to get covers when you're jumping curl there, late, guys. There right. is the there is the rumors <laughs> quote from the host sponsored right. by Rumors Sports Bar Grill and Casino, and it, it's crazy because I've been around Kelly enough to look. I looked up at the scoreboard and go, "Oh, hell, Hawks aren't going to cover." Yep, because we aren't going to score anymore. But you we're know what gonna, it did we're though? We're not going to do anything more. It gave score. me over. The over is fifty-seven and a half. Oh, I gave you the. Over. You know, I got it there from you go. our you know our liner at the beginning yeah. was uh, Craig Riondo. I get a text from craig after that touchdown within a minute oh, awesome the over just hit <laughs> <laughs> so obviously somebody had the somebody over. had the over <laughs> lost the cover got the over our development homes 360 guest this week is the tv voice of the fighting hawks brian sean brian thank you for taking some time for und football 360 yeah man it's good to be here again haven't uh, chatted with you guys for a while so thanks for having me well, you know, um, we are Gonzo Media. So you guys in the legacy media taking the time to spend some time with us. You know, we always appreciate <laughs> you coming down to our level. <laughs> Wait, man, we're all part of the same fraternity. I don't care what well, media is in today's go. day and age. It's not like it was 15, 20 years ago, man. We're all playing playing a different game these days. It is very different. Um, but speaking of quality media, leg- uh, legacy media, um, you folks at Midco, um, what a terrific job you do with the day-by-day series. Um, you know, when I look at it each week, I watch it. I think it comes out maybe Thursday night, something. It's just the right timing to get me fired up for Fighting Hawks football. But also, if you haven't already submitted that, uh, I think it's Emmy-worthy. But congratulations on a great series. Oh, thanks. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, we enjoy it. And it's something we, you know, we try to think critically about well in advance about what are we going to do? What are we going to feature? What, who are we going to talk to and try to spread it around a little bit. And the only way you can do a series like that though, is when the program gives you the access to do it, which, you know, Bubba has done 
you know, ever since we got it started. And that's a big piece of the puzzle. You know, everybody else is closing up shop and, you know, and, and giving less and less access uh, to, to folks like us where we're getting more probably than most do. So that's been really helpful and a big reason why we can do it. Well, it's a quality production. As are your game days, you and Ryan Kosowski uh, do a great job. We appreciate what you do for us. And there's nothing better to see the quality of Medco than when sometimes when the Hawks are on the road and see the production um, that some of the teams put on. Now, I have a little quiz for you. I've been testing Matt and Kelly's knowledge of fighting Sioux, fighting Hawks history. And I'm going to give you a little quiz today just to get a little feel for what this show is all about. And here is your quiz today. Ryan Kosowski has been your broadcast partner the last two years. Uh, The Green Wave head coach, Eastside, does a great job for you. Here's the test. What was Ryan Kosowski's number when he was a linebacker for the Fighting Sioux? What did he wear? What did your broadcast? 44. 44. Oh, that is not correct. What? I'm so sorry. Oh, it was a great prize you were going to win, too. Oh, I thought for, for sure it was 44. 22. 22. Oh, was he really? He was. Uh-oh. He was an all, all great West Conference performer wearing 22. I know it's an unusual number for a, yep. for a linebacker. Always, but I, you think Bobby Straub or what? Bobby Straub. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Straub was a guy that stands out, too. But I just remember those linebackers that wore 44. I almost was po- – I knew it was a double number. I yeah. knew it was a double number. But I, I thought for sure it was 44. Man, well, I can't you're... believe I got that wrong. I feel awful now. You are going to catch a little hell next time you're in the booth from, <laughs> from the K-Man. Kosowski's going to say, hey, yeah. man, I, I was all great West Conference. <laughs> That's right. Hey, hey Brian, let's, uh, let's get moving into the game here. Um, before we get to Boise, I wanted to get your thoughts on the season so far. We're two games in. Um, two and oh, just as we thought then pretty much, we knew they were going to beat Drake. We figured they were going to beat Northern Arizona. Um, both happened and I think Northern Arizona was was an interesting, unique game, but UND was up 37 to nine at one point. So I just kind of want to, what are your thoughts? I want to see your thoughts on the season so far. Has it been business as usual, kind of what you expected or any surprises you've seen along the way? Well, I, to me, offensively, I, I thought they were going to be pretty good again, Kelly, but I didn't know they were going to be as efficient as, as they've been. I mean, you take away maybe the first drive or two where they stole out in the red zone against Drake. They've, they've been really good up front. That, that, Danny came in when I talked to him in fall camp and said, this is the best we felt about our offensive line in a long time. And, and you can see that. Uh, they're running the football fish efficiently. I, I thought Northern Arizona had some guys up front that are pretty good football players that have played a lot. And, you know, Tommy and the running game, those guys got downhill and I thought have been able to control things. And I think that's what stood out to me is that uh, they they can spread it out to a lot of different guys, attack all parts of the field. Uh, The offensive unit, I think, is really clicking to start the year, and that's been good. But I also think we also all wondered, how is the defense going to look different under Joel? Are they going to look, you know, are they going to dial some stuff back? Are they going to make stuff a little more simplified, which I think they have? But I felt like, you know, they were pretty vanilla in the first game, and I think that was by design. I don't think they're going to do anything crazy against Drake. They're just going to kind of play their base stuff and, and keep it simple. I, I do think they got a little more exotic and showed a few more things in terms of what they have against Northern Arizona. Um, and I, I thought it took away a lot of initial reads. I thought the guys played fast were in the right spots. 
you know, that kid I thought made some really good plays with his feet to keep plays alive. But I, overall, I thought they were very sound in what they were doing. And I thought confused them a little bit, taking away some things that they wanted to do on the offensive side. So I think there's a lot of reasons to be encouraged, you know, on the defensive end. And I think that group is only going to get better as they get more of those guys' experience. I really like their nickel package, too. I, I don't know how much you guys have paid attention to that, but C.J. Siegel in the slot, I, I think, has a lot of possibilities for them. They feel really Tony blew it on the outside of nickel. Edmund Ocansi, we've seen him make his plays in the ball. Um, I just you, you get a comfort level with that group. Maybe they didn't have as much last year and a confidence level that, that maybe they didn't have as much last year. So I, there's a lot to build on there. I still think they have to get there too, some more reps and get those guys more comfortable with what they're doing. But I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited about the future with that group. So overall, I think you have to be pleased. I mean, Northern Arizona to me, guys, was a scary team coming in here with all these transfers coming from P5s. These guys have a lot of stars behind their name coming out of high school. And so you don't know. They could come in here. I thought they played in Arizona pretty tough. It was a tough physical game. It was a chippy game. They played against those guys in the opener. And, you know, I, I think it, it, the, the question was is how, how is that group going to come together and what, can they stay galvanized and connected, you know? And, and I think UND kind of took the doubt away when they jumped up 20-3. to three And you could kind of just see at that point the game was, I don't want to say in hand, but you felt pretty good about where things were going. So um, to get past that group and, and do it the way you did, and I still think Northern Arizona is going to, you know, shock some teams because I think their talent level is really good. So I, I think if you're UND, you feel really good about where you're at at this point, and you can go for broke this weekend when you head to Boise. So that's exciting. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, Northern Arizona. Who was it? Uh, Weber and Montana State last year. Was that had them both down, yeah. down to the last yep. play pretty much, and three point games or two point game. Something like that. So yeah, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna beat some people. They got talent, but as we thought, you know, they may take them a while. They had they had I think it was six of the starters back, but then seven total new guys transfers playing and mm-hmm. light O line. It was unique. You know, it was a little unique. But yeah. they were yeah that that quarterback he did keep the win. He was finding those the receivers on the sideline after scrambling. I mean, that was some those were some elite plays that, <laughs> that Milner was making, and they were moving the chains every time. Right. He was good. Right. And that's, the, he was good. And I mean, there's a reason he was a four star coming out of Arizona. I mean, he had University of Arizona. He had Cal. Uh, he had a ton of offers coming out of there. I mean, there's a lot of people after this guy. And that's a lot of their blood players on their team. But you're right. They're, they're not real big on the old line, but I think they play bigger than what their size is. But I do think over the course of the game, you kind of saw them wear down a little bit up front just because they're not, not the biggest group. But, you know, the, the thing with NAU is I think 24 players against Arizona, they had 24 guys make their debut in that game. I mean, that's a lot of new players to put on the field. And I still think, guys, September 23rd in Flagstaff, when Montana goes down there, that could be a game to keep an eye on. Because I do think that by then, if they beat Utah Tech this weekend, which I think they will, that would be a game I think it's going to be tough for the Grizz to go down there. I, I, that's not going to be an easy one for them going down the road down to that place. Yeah, that's a good, good point. Hey, I want to go back to something you mentioned right away. Uh, you mentioned the word efficient which leads me to my next bullet point that I wrote down the play of Tommy Schuster, our quarterback. Um, he exudes efficiency, Brian. Okay. <laughs> if, there was, mm-hmm. if there was a word to use for him, that'd be one of them. And we, we've been a big fan of Tommy on here. I think the fans are figuring it out. Uh, I think it's been it's taken him a little time to uh, understand how good he is. 
And this year, it seems like he's even taken it to another level now. He's always in the 250-yard range. He's probably not going to throw for 350 ever, but he's always going to throw for 250 to 275, it seems like. I don't know how it works out that way. but And he's always going to throw 70%, right around that range. And UND's not going to have any delays, and they're going to be in the right sets. I, is he – I mean, I, I'm never worried about him, Brian. I'm just, I come into every game and I don't even think about Tommy Schuster anymore. Cause I, I, I like, I have a feeling we're going to have the best quarterback on the field uh, pretty much every game when we, when he steps foot out there as good, if he's not the best, he's as good as the opponent. I mean, I, well, I want to hear your thoughts, Ryan. What are your thoughts on his play? You've watched him for several years yeah. now. I mean, is it to the point where we need to understand that we are watching a high level FCS quarterback right in front of our eyes every week? Yeah, I think so. And and I will say this, I'm one of the people that probably didn't appreciate him enough until I actually started seeing him play weekly. And I think that's most people. Because I know coming into this year, what's everybody looking at? Oh, Theo Day, got that big arm in Northern Iowa and this and this and this. Well, you know, he threw three picks against Weber, and that really was a big reason when that cost him, part, cost him the game. I mean, those those picks were costly in that loss at home. So sometimes it's not always about making the big throw down field for 40 yards or doing this and this and winging it all over the place. It's not about that. It's about not making a huge mistake. You know, don't, don't put yourself in a bad spot where you make a bad read or you take a chance or you throw a 50-50 ball you don't have to throw because you live to play another down. When he needs to, to flush out and throw the ball away and nothing's there, he does it. And I think the biggest thing to me where he stood out last year and even this year, early part of this year is – the way he's his the scramble drill. The scramble drills in college football with quarterbacks are so critical. I mean, when things break down, you have to have guys that are able to buy more time somehow by just getting away from pressure, stepping up in the pocket, and creating opportunities to make plays when everything is just kind of, you know, gone awry. You know, because sometimes your first couple reads are covered up and the pressure gets there and you gotta find a way to extend and find guys when things are going and and they're Credit to him, his receivers do a really good job of coming back to him and giving him lanes to throw the football, but he never gets flustered by that. And that, to me, is, is so critical in today's day and age. When you throw a high percentage, he's thrown, what, five interceptions in his last 14 games? If you do that and you give yourself a chance, you know, and don't turn over the football and take care of it and make the high percentage throws, you know, those are the ways you get into the third and threes and stay out of the third and twelves. And, you know, you guys both know how, how difficult, you know, the, the third and seven plus can get. I mean, you look at the percentage nationally on third and seven plus versus third and five and under, I mean, it's astronomical. That's why they were 46% on third down last year and one of the best teams on third down. And, you know, you have that with an offensive line that I think can move some people and you have some, some physical running backs with, with Z-Barth and, you can throw Red Wilson back there and Isaiah Smith. I mean, you have a lot of versatility of guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield. It's just, it's a good system and it's fun to play in. Wesley Elidor said that this week. It's just fun to play in this system. It's fun to play with what we do. And I'm, I'm going to put something out today on Twitter because I just love the play. That little swing pass to Luke Skogna, the three receivers, just watch how they maul their defensive backs. I mean, they just drive them back into the turf. I mean, Elidor drove his guy 25 yards downfield. So everybody does their job, and I think that's the reason why Tommy can can manipulate this, you know, defenses and keep them off balance is because of the way Danny schemes things up, and then he just executes and makes a simple play. Walking off the bus, he's not a guy that's probably going to wow you, right? 
but I'll take that guy on my team over some of these other guys we see with the big arms because he makes better decisions. Correct. Yeah, I I agree 100%. I like that you brought up perimeter perimeter blocking. There, that's something that I need to I need to talk about more. You know, game reviews and stuff. I haven't thought about that, but I notice it. One, I and I remember the play you're talking about too. They just I I saw I remember watching the first block. I can't remember who it was. The guy at the point of impact right at the line of scrimmage, he's the most important block. He gets a good one. Now the next two guys, you know, they're tying him up and whatever. But if Skolkna can get by that first guy, then it doesn't, you know, there's multiple things that get, that can happen then after that. But, yeah, it was uh, the perimeter blocking and the ability to get open on scrambles for our receivers are something that are extremely underrated, you know, don't get talked about enough. And I'm glad you brought it up because I need to, I need to give them credit more on that. So yeah, it's just, it all goes back to your word efficient. It's all <laughs> that stuff that can Matt. I mean, that kind of stuff creates the word efficiency for an offense, right? Oh, absolutely. And it just back when you were a safety, it, think back when you were a safety, Kelly, like how deflating was it when you had a team backed up third and nine and you have everything covered up and you do it the right way. And a quarterback scrambles away and makes a play on the run and keeps the sticks moving. You're like, Oh my God, we had this beat. And now we got to find a way to get on to the next play. I mean, it's, it's demoralizing. It's deflating, it you know, and that's the thing about it. And over the course of a game, that stuff just wears on you with the defense and you start thinking yeah. twice about what you're doing. So that really does yeah. make a difference. Mentally, uh, it's it's awful. I mean, Matt, you remember that. It's just their third and four, they run it on you and get it. Jeez, it's like, oh, my God, now they're getting, now they're getting six yards on third and four. Yeah, so that's – Starting to get gassed. Yeah, yeah that yeah. inside <laughs> – well, the inside zone game, Matt. I mean, last game, it was mm. just – it was there pretty much every play. I don't yep. remember. I don't remember him stopping it. So. No. no, but it was, it was good. It was a good, good performance overall. But yeah, th- Danny's got that thing. He's got it dialed, he's dialed in. in. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, dialed so. in. Brian, I'm switching gears. This is Matt. Uh, I'm switching gears on. Yeah. I liked what you said right away. Uh, going for broke in Boise. I think that's our headline for the week. Um, UCF. Obviously won a nail-biter last weekend against them. They got thumped by Schmidt and the Huskies the week before that. How much of an opportunity is Boise State for UND this week? Well, that's. I think it's a great opportunity. It's a great shot to, to take on a team. And I'll be curious to find out what Boise's psyche is, too, because they've given up a ton of yards defensively the first two weeks. But I do think they're talented. I just think they have some guys out there that are playing right now that may not have a full grasp of what they're doing. They've made some mistakes. But, I mean, they have some dudes. Their tailback is really good. I don't know how much you guys have watched him play, but I, I thought he Johnson. was – I mean, he's a, he's a next-level guy uh, watching him mm-hmm. on the offensive side. Um, he's the one guy that scares you the most. I think their quarterback play has been a little erratic. But, I, I mean, again, they've had some just bad bounces, too, in the first couple of games that – Things have kind of unraveled on them a little bit. But you know they're going to be spitting nails. I mean, this is a team that's used to winning football games that went through the Mountain West unscathed last year and undefeated. They know what they're doing there. I mean, they they know what they're doing there. I'm just curious if UND can get off to a fast start or have a couple things go their way early, how that dictates, you know, how the game goes and how maybe more aggressive Schwens will get defensively or – do they sit back and play a little softer early, just not giving up the explosive play, not let the crowd get into it? There's a lot of things that I think are going to have to happen, I think, in the first three or four drives that will kind of tell us one way or the other if this is going to be a fight to the end. I think we could tell last year after the first few drives against Nebraska, like this this can be 
a game that UND can hang in there, just the way everything went. And I do think this is a game where UND matches up okay. They do have some elite athletes out there, but again, I mean, they've faced elite athletes before. So it's it's just going to be a matter of, of not giving up too many explosive plays, not, you know, getting getting rattled if something doesn't go well earlier, a couple of turnovers or things like that. You know, these games can, can, can get skewed in a hurry. But I think UND has enough experience of guys that have played in these environments where I don't think they're going to get too rattled. So I, I do think it's an opportunity to go out and just, like you said, man, let, let, it, let it fly. They're not supposed to win this game. But even if they go out and are competitive and give themselves a chance in the fourth quarter, to me, that's, that's a win. Couldn't agree more, Brian. Brian, give us a little insight. Uh, when the Hawks are on the road and there's no broadcast on Midco, what is your week like? Are you on the charter? What, what's, what are your responsibilities in Boise? You know, that's a, that's a great question. It, it's a little bit lighter for me just because I don't, I'm not prepping for a game, which takes, you know, a fair amount of time when you're getting ready, when you're talking to people and putting charts together and all that sort of stuff. Um, I love that part of it, the preparation. So I, I kind of miss that in the weeks I don't don't have the games because that's part of the fun to me is kind of digging in and talking to people and learning more about the opponents. But I'll still go on the charter because, I mean, these are, you know, these are big games. We want to do some preview stuff on the road when we get out there and kind of showcase stuff. Um, try to stop by the uh, the alumni gathering on Friday night. Obviously, it's going to be a very early morning for us on Saturday, earlier than I've ever, I think, ever left for a football game in my entire life at like 7.30 in the morning to go to the field. Since, but, uh, since your FM Athletics days. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, this is this is wild and crazy, but I, I yeah, like it because, um, you know, we'll have a chance to, to cover the game and do some stuff on social media, get reaction after the game, and, and talk to players and coaches regardless of the result. And then, you know, the big thing for us, too, is just to have the video so that we have the video of of this game, you know, saved in our, our archives that we can use for day Yes, and other feature stories and all those sorts of things. So it's, you know, there's enough to keep us busy for sure. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's not quite the same as, as jumping into the booth. And this will, I think, be the only time um, we won't have one outside of the game in northern Iowa, which is the Valley Game of the Week. I think our only road broadcast this year that we're going on the road for is a place we've never been and not a place I ever thought I would go, but uh, here we are <laughs> and we'll have some fun with it. But that's, I do enjoy flying with the team because you kind of get a good sense of what's going on and coaches kind of give you an indication of maybe what to expect and what to look for. And so it's helpful. It's helpful as you kind of get to know the team and, and the coaches and the players a little bit better. Well, it's great to get some insight into show prep. I'm hoping my colleagues were listening uh, during that because um, each week we come in show prep is a big thing for us and I'm sure hoping Matt and Kelly pick up on that someday so the uh, <laughs> ouch ouch there's All another right. shot Brian this Thought has been a pleasure well. yeah. <laughs> this has been a pleasure uh, having you on here we, we so appreciate the work that you and Midco and Ryan and, and all of your colleagues do uh, for fighting Hawks football thanks for spending some time with us no, great to be with you guys and catch up again. And I'm looking forward to this Saturday. I'm sure you are too. And well, I'm sure we'll see you guys in person at some point here down the road. That's Brian Sean, the TV voice of the Fighting Hawks. And he was our Development Homes 360 guest. Development Homes in Grand Forks since 1974 residential, transitional, and vocational support services, family support, family guardian resources. You can get involved, volunteer, go to Development Homes. We are going to take a break. Kelly and Matt say they need a break. They've tapped out their conditioning. Their cardio is a little bit questionable. So we're going to take a break before 
our second segment. And when we come back, we are going to have our Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview. Early kickoff, you heard Brian mention it, 10 a.m. local, 11 a.m. Central Time out in Boise. We'll have our Hail Mary quiz, 360 game preview, and our ever-popular Kelly and Matt's Picks, which are sponsored by Rumors, Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino. You are listening to UND Football use him as our he's pretty much our barometer for what we want to see <laughs> we, yeah. we need a guy like we need Jackson Jackson Turner. Turner. <laughs> he had that extra step you know we mentioned in the quick. last segment we said one step we're half step off from the quarterback I can't remember what game it was it was probably the 19 season um the last home game the last two snaps Jackson Turner Oh, yeah. Sacks yep, man. To stop the game. And there was just no stopping him. Yeah, he, um, he could blow by tackles pretty he, easy. He just could. Help. And, you know, as good as he was on the field, he's still, uh, still getting it done uh, in the business world. He's living down in the Twin Cities. He is with a company called Pivotal Logic. They do cybersecurity, they do uh, mm. virtual CTO. The company is owned by Jake Geyer's father, and he and Jake worked together. If you remember Jake linebacker Geyer. Jake yep, Geyer. linebacker. Safety yeah. turn linebacker. Safety yep. turn linebacker. So he and Jake yep. are, are working together, and um, just like they did on the field, you know, they were protecting the edge. Now they're protecting with cybersecurity. Well, speaking so. of their um, their former, I saw their former teammates, Brady Leach and Noah Wanzek at the bar after the game. Right. They were out, um, talked to him for a while. I apologize for anything I may have said over, <laughs> over the, the years, years to him. And uh, Wanzik was good. I apologize. Brady Leach, like, ah, I remember I got after you one time, but I missed, not after him, but I just made a comment about a missed kick in one of the games. And uh, I, yeah, I wanted to apologize for that. I go, I was, he goes, no, he goes, I don't even think I saw it. So I go, I go all right, well, yeah, no harm, no harm. I, go, I got after Here's it. Here's what we got to remember. Yeah. When those guys are, you know, they're, 20-year-old guys, 21-year-old guys, they got so many more things going on. No, good. Then to, yeah, then to wonder good. about a bunch of us also rands right. that are, are, you know, talking football and whatever. They, they, it, it brushes off. But, I, yeah, I run into the guys every once yep. in a while, too. And it's, it's always no, they fun. They were great. Yep. You know, the discussion with Jackson, what's always fun is to talk with these guys outside of football. And we talk Fighting Hawks football, too. But it's always fun to talk with them outside of it because for the time they're there at UND, our connection to them is what? Football. We know them as football Correct. players. And then when they get into their professions and everything else, um, it's a lot of fun. This is the Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview. It's brought to you 
by our friend Craig Riondo. He opened the show for us today. Yep. There's two people that are always going to appear in the UND Football 360 podcasts in our liners. One is Craig Riondo. The other is Corey Kohlhauer, the largest quarterback in captivity. We will hear from him uh, later this season. We haven't had a Corey spotting yet, but we will hear from him later this season. But Craig Riondo's joint, the Thunder Lake Lodge in Reamer. Uh, they got cabins, cottages for groups and reunions, fishing, boat rentals, hunting. Year-round, we're heading into fall right now, so hunters, uh, get yourself scheduled. You can find your reservations at Thunder Lake lodge.com and if you want privacy if you want a place to clean your birds clean your fish whatever it is they got the setup for you and it's very very private people are going to leave you alone in reamer fishing is amping up yep talked to craig last week water's starting to cool down yeah the uh wallies yeah starting to starting to come alive again i think so yeah and that was the time i was i was he they're still he said he's still almost full Going into uh, maybe it was last week after Labor Day, so yeah, people are, I think are starting to they extend the year. Let's call it, which wow. is great, you know. For, and if you are a uh, real outdoorsman, it's Thunder Lake Lodge, yeah, folks. Yeah, There's so. a gravel road leading into it. That's that's how you know you're going to rank the right. lodge and say <laughs> real outdoorsman glampers. They got some of that too. They got great amenities, but you're going in on gravel. There's no asphalt going into Thunder Lake. Right. So it you know, it's a great place. You know, before we get to the UND versus Boise State game, it's this Saturday, 916, 11 a.m. Central Kickoff, broadcast on FS1. It's FS1's big noon kickoff. Um, if you're saying, well, how do they get at noon? It's 10 o'clock in Boise. It's And it is Boise, by the way, as Jewel told us in the open. I learned that the hard way. I have cousins out in in what used to be, to me, Boise, but it is Boise with that yeah, S. So it's kind of like, like bison, bison. Yeah. Um, we say bison oh, just to <laughs> upset the bison. The The kickoff is 11 a.m. Central on FS1. That's an early, early kickoff. We're going to talk about that a little bit. But before we get to that, it's Hail Mary quiz time. Mm, it's Hail Mary on. quiz time. Um, the Hail, Hail Mary quiz, this one talks about the D1 era. Uh, in the FBS games, and it's called the Hail Mary Quiz because the answers are virtually impossible, but the prizes are ridiculous. So here is what's at stake. We have a leather-bound, it's actually a faux leather-bound anthology of the best of UND football fans, 2023 posts on SueSports.com. If you can (laughs) land this, you are going to get a best of in this collection. Unhappy. One of a kind. At all times. Unhappy at all times. 55 to 7 over Drake. Bitching. Bitching. All that. It's like, what what do they want? I mean, it's like, This is a one of a kind collection. Right. Now, let's talk a little bit uh, before we get to the quiz about the D1 era. Uh, North Dakota 1 and 10 in D1 era. A win against Wyoming in 2015. I'm just going to run down um, these games and remind the folks of who our FBS opponents have been. In 2009, Texas Tech. 2010, Northern Illinois. That was a 23-17 loss. Uh, 2011, Fresno State, 27-22. Good ball game. 2012, I'm still bitter on this one. San Diego State, 49-41. Uh, Sue should have won that game. Shouldn't have punted at should, midfield. Shouldn't have punted at midfield. <clears throat> 2014, San Jose State, 42-10. That was uh, Bubba and his staff's debut. Of course, the big win, John Santiago's coming out party at Wyoming. Uh, beat Coach Bowl, 24-13, the only FBS win. I was at these next 
2016 Bowling Green, 27-26. Won that one. Fingernail, extra point. Uh, 2017 Utah, it was a 37-16 loss. 2018 Washington, 45-3 in the ball game till about mid-third quarter, then then blowout time. Uh, Got a good start at Utah State in uh, 2021, up 21 Seven, I think, 48-24 loss. And then, of course, last year in Nebraska, 38-17. So 1-10, winnable game. We're going to preview it in our 360 game preview. Here is the Hail Mary quiz. Who is the last FBS, what we refer to today as FBS, opponent to appear in Grand Forks? Win- who was the opponent? When did it happen? It'll be a miracle. You got lifetime beers on me at Flicker Tail Brewing if you can answer this question. Plus, you get the full leather bound <laughs> anthology of UND football uh, fan. Who was the last FBS opponent to appear in Grand Forks? I'm thinking local. No, Matt, do you have go a... there? No, they wouldn't. Gosh, I know we're on the radio and recording right now, but I'm trying to think. Um, okay, I want to. I don't want to venture too far away. I want to say, God, I've seen these names pop up. Minnesota. That's a good guess. Oh, we have gosh. never. UND has never played Minnesota. They haven't at home. Nope, they haven't not, got e- not even in God, the early I days. I not even in okay. the Quentin Burdick <clears throat> days back in the 30s. They played them down in the Twin Cities. Okay, I'm going to give the answer. Uh, uh, 1931. Well, do I get a guess? You get a guess. We're 30 seconds in here. We're 30 well, seconds. Spit it let's out. Go. Let's uh, go. <laughs> I'm saying uh, Fresno State. That's a pretty good guess. That's Fresno. a good guess too. It was a Western opponent. It was 1931, October 24th. It was homecoming. The Oregon Ducks. Oh, oh, and played to a zero-zero tie. Now that was pre-Nike days, so I'm sure the Ducks were wearing gray. They probably weren't wearing their neon green. Um, But that was a year that um, North Dakota finished eight, one, and two. They were the Flicker Tails at that time. That was pre-Sue. They were NCC champs, four and zero, and their coach was Jack West. They finished eight, one, and two. 1931, but it was the Oregon Ducks um, were the last FBS team to venture into Grand Forks. Um, guys, let's get to our Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview. We always go to Kelly first on a, on on this. Uh, we defer to our elder statesmen in our football experts. Kelly, what are you looking at in this game? It's the FBS week. You got a wounded Broncos team coming in 0-2. Psyche. Psyche is fragile, guys. I mean, it has to be, right? I mean, the fans are all over them because they're expecting Chris Peterson, Dan Hawkins-type yeah. results. Right. That's what they're used to. Grant. And rightfully right. so. Yeah, rightfully right. so. Pick first in the Mountain West. Now they're 0-2, but they played two good teams. In Central Florida, I call them a 20-25 to 25 team in the country. I mean, they're good. They're always loaded. A ton of talent. Scott Frost won there. So I should tell you, you know, I mean, Gus Malzahn runs a heck of an offense. So they are fragile, and I think, you know, they're going to be a little mad. They're going to be ready to get a win, I would say that right now. But um, it'll be interesting. Um, Gave up 500 yards in both their games. So they have issues. I did a little um, intel work, called a few people, 
I know who know Boise State football, watched them, and scouted them a little bit, and they got issues on the back end. So if we want to start defensively for Boise, offensively for UND, Boise's got some issues on the back end. They aren't covering up very well. They're having, I don't know, for whatever reason, they are having trouble downfield and giving up a ton of passing yards, big plays. I don't know if it's an experience issue. I don't know enough about Boise State football, but I know that was their main issue. I don't think their D-line is the problem. I think it's more of a just a scheme type thing. I don't I don't quite understand like what what, what their issue is, but they're getting torched <laughs> downfield well, and at opportune times, I should say, you know. Well, it's hard to so. gauge. I watched the whole Washington game and and yeah, they did get well, burned a few times, but they, Now you know, that's they, Michael Penix. That's right. <laughs> you know, so that's right. Like, I mean, so you, you know, have to so, t- you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt yeah. too because they're But Central Florida did the same thing. They put up 288 right. and 250, I believe, passing, or 288 rushing or something like that, or vice versa. So that's when you think, well, Oof. maybe there's some opportunity here. Yeah, it? and I think this, you know, UND never has burners at wide receiver, but they have good route runners. Now, you tell me that you tell me a team has issues covering, I'll take the route runners because they, they're just going to have issues covering right. anyone because they, they're not covering the route. You know, it's not a speed thing. And we're methodical yeah. and we yep. have a good – play calling too right and and danny does a good job at that and our players are very methodical and do their job so it'll be yeah it'll be interesting to see yeah defensively they're 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 wounded and they're getting after them on the message boards out there they're getting after them on twitter i know geez i'm following those twitter accounts and wow i mean the 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 beat writers do a nice job but the fans and the comments are not they're not happy and people I'm going to say this, and I don't know it for, but I know enough to who I've talked to about. I've talked to multiple coaches from out west who know Boise State's situation, and Andia Valos is not Chris Peterson. Okay, I'm just going to say it. There's issues. I think they have issues as a program, and the fans are starting to sense it. Things aren't dialed in. They're special teams, which they've hung their hat on special teams many years. They've been really good. They're not very good this year. Yeah. They're having issues. Washington blocked a kick. I remember there's there's opportunities to be had there, and um, yeah, I don't know. There's just some there's some internal. I think they got some internal things going on. That doesn't mean they can't be. I'm not trying to say they can't be UND and stuff, but I'm trying to say that there's some things where let's say UND gets on them and methodically stays stays with them, stays ahead by three points, stays ahead by seven, whatever. There's some things where the institutional belief that you know a lot of, many teams have right is not there right now. I don't think they b- deeply, deeply believe they're just ah we're just going to pull this out. No worries, we always do. Right? Eh, that's they're not. That's not there. So they're in a tough spot too because they're you know they're looking at this as a must-win situation. And, oh. and you talked about their psyche. Are they tough enough to be able to be in a tough win situation? And if things don't go their way, if we're tied up or uh, if we're ahead by a couple points at halftime, are they a mature enough team to be able to see that through and well, come back and try to beat us? In the are we goal, mature enough fourth? to take it from them? That's right. That's the thing. That's right. We need to be I, ready. I have no more 17-17 at the end of the third than losing by 20. You and he needs to go out there and say, hey, there, we got a wounded dog. <laughs> let's kill him. Right. Like these guys, right. let's take it. Tommy, yeah. own it. Own a drive and just kill their. Like we talked about in the thing. I mean, demoralize them, right? We talked about where you get a 
third and seven, Tommy, scramble, make a guy yeah. miss, find a guy across the middle, and just demoralize him, right? Well, and, and as we see in FCS, FBS matchups, not just North Dakota, but it's certainly indicative of, of North Dakota's games as well, the depth becomes an issue. You usually see yeah. separation late third, fourth. Yep. It, it becomes, you know, an issue. We saw it last year, uh, Nebraska. If mm-hmm. the Huskers have to punt out of the end zone, if uh. that third down and 17 is not uh, completed, if the Huskers have to punt out of the end zone, you know, things tighten up and, and the air comes out of the stadium. Yep. Um, but that is probably in the Hawks' favor this year because they are deeper than they have been in years past. Defensively. So defensively Secondary is deeper. When they go oh. into the FBS game, you get to that fourth quarter, they're a little bit deeper. I think so. Not deep, yeah. I'm not saying deeper than Boise. I'm saying oh. they are deeper than they have been when they've taken on. Well, we got, well we're got. we not starting freshmen at corner. Right. We've never played before exactly. either. Yeah. You know, I mean, they Nebraska, there, Nebraska where... took advantage of that last year. You, they threw yeah. left. To their they, left. They didn't throw to CJ. No, they, they knew where they're going. Well, Northern Arizona didn't throw to CJ either. I mean, they know they threw the one post down the middle third quarter, I think it was. He went up and batted it down. Yeah. I was like yeah. I looked at someone like I don't it was third it was third down too. It threw a post. I was like, I don't think I'd have gone there. You know, right. <laughs> I think I'd have gone somewhere else. But and it wasn't even their guy. I don't think it was Coleman Owen either running their own. So I was like, I don't think So yeah. guys, as as you know, you played on, on a high level. You play college football on a high level. Uh, the 10 a.m. start. Now, for the North Dakota guys, it's 11 a.m. I mean, they, That's fine. they're going to fly in. It's 11 a.m. It's not yep. 10 a.m. But Boise State, their players, it's going to be a 10 a.m. start. North Dakota practices in the morning. I have no idea when the Broncos practice. What effect does the early kickoff, if any, have on either team? Nothing. I think it's, you know, just – Irrelevant. No, Business as usual, yeah. I think. Yeah. You know, because maybe you the sun, games, you know, sun. They have you know, they probably has to get even. Maybe the sun will be shadow, bright out there, and, are be a little you know, different. coming down. I don't know which way the field think. faces, but it's the sun's going to be on the field all day. It'll be a bright. I, should be a nice day. I would yeah. assume. I don't see it being a time. I don't see the time being an issue. I could see just like I said, maybe the weather. Maybe you know, because UND Dry. plays in a dome, you know, so you know. Yeah, I don't Dry know. Altitude. No, I think I they'd think be those... more amped up than anything. You're not sitting around all day. Oh, you're yeah. not. You're not nervous. That's the worst, you're not getting lethargic. Go eat breakfast and lay in your room. Yeah, Play you know. I mean, these guys at night, practice. That's... I mean, they're on the field at eight a.m. So yeah, I don't think that. I don't see that being an issue whatsoever. I think if anything, it would help them. Give them something different. Hey, mm-hmm. let's change it up. This is cool. Right. Plus, now they know they're going to be on the plane at two o'clock or three o'clock and get the hell out of there, home at a normal hour. Right. You know. So, yeah, that. I don't see the time being an issue. Um, gosh, I'm looking at my guy notes here. Should we talk about the Boise offense? Let's do it. Got, yeah, they yep. got uh, um, they got some issues issues themselves going on here with uh, well quarterback. I think Taylor Green now the six six two twenty one sophomore. He's a big kid. Big kid yeah. <laughs> Did he, he uh, was he a transfer? I think he got hurt. No, it's out of Texas. Oh, okay. Just a high school kid out of Texas stud down there. Um. He got hurt, I believe, right? And, uh, I mean, I saw Maddox Madsen come in. I think he threw the touchdown at the end to give him the lead. But they, now the coach said Taylor Green's back this week, so it must have been just an ankle roll. But he's not running much. He doesn't have many rushing yards at all this year from what I remember. Um, 48%. He's only completing 48% of his passes. See, there's just – when it goes back to what I said before, 
there's a little disconnect going on with this team. It's just yeah. the talent's there. They're still good, and I don't want to downplay this preview. I mean, I know I'm getting saying all the bad things, but this is Boise State. I mean, we're expecting a top 20 program to be talking about, okay? Right. This is not a top 20 program right now. They're, they're scuffling a little bit. I think they're trying to find what their identity is on offense, so to speak. And they got a new coordinator in, Bush Hamden came in. He played there, I believe, back in the day. He was out at Washington before DeBoer got there, I believe. Yeah, he was out at Washington as an OC, longtime OC. So there's not any issues there. I mean, he knows offense. But, yeah, there's 388 yards in two games, two touchdowns, three interceptions. So, I mean, Taylor Green, you know, you'd think he's he's a dual threat guy, but I don't. I don't know with that ankle. I don't know how much we'd see him running him. I mean, it's a long season. Do you want to run him eighteen times against the FCS opponent? I don't. You know, probably not. So that, I don't think that they have you think to. that you're yeah. just going to be able to roll over too. That I mean, I, right? Their attitude is, yeah, we take a, take them ser- UND serious, but so, so that'd be something be able to watch to beat, for. <clears throat> beat them, right? So that's their right. attitude, I would imagine, going into this week. And the the key, their best set now from everything I've been able to glean, two back. This is a two-back team, folks. Watch. It's uh, interesting. They like to two tailbacks in and three receivers or a tight end, two receivers type of thing. That's when their their biggest threat is the two-back sets because they're running it, running it out of that, but they're throwing it. Yeah, that Ashton Giante, is that the way you pronounce it, number two? Giante. Uh, that kid's good. Yeah. That is. kid's the real deal. He okay. Is. He's very good. <laughs> Five, nine, he, two, ten. He was the only yep. points they scored against Washington. And he's and good. That, and yep. he looked like he He'd look start like for Washington, I think, too. I mean, oh, he was, he's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's that's what, if you're going to if you're gonna get ready for the game, UND fans, you're listening to this, watch number two in the backfield because they're going to hand it off to him. They're going to throw it to him out of the backfield, and then he's going to run wheel. They're going to wheel him. They love to wheel him. Yeah, they – to the two receiver Streets, side, wheel them down. Wheels, yeah. Yep. Yeah, post wheel, that he type can of thing. Run, run catch. You yep. can do just about anything. So now that's a, if you want to talk game points, uh, who who is watching the tailback out of the backfield? Can he keep up with Ashton Giante? Because if we're all of a sudden in some sort of a man man to man situation, we want to bring some pressure. Well, there he's out of there. He's gone. He's right. he's doing some arrow route, angle route, whatever. He's doing something, and they're going to find him. He's a leading receiver and the leading rusher on the team. So they know where they want to get the ball to him. Do in when we want to go, man. Do we have someone who can keep so up with them? Let's talk about whose responsibility that is. Oh boy, well, got to be linebacker. Uh, linebacker. I mean, you have, yeah. If they have three so receivers out there, it has to be yeah. unless well, you do something exotic with your with your safety, right. you know, and say, all right, no, we're not covering. This guy, the tight end, will have linebacker on tight end. Well, You're taking the it, back. You right. know what I mean? So like, a, you a, can do it, I guess. It's ingrained in my brain, two-to-one oh. back-to-crosser. So if you're an outside right. backer, your first responsibility is number two, then number one receiver, and yep. then if those are cleared or if they're covered by a corner, uh, then you got to look to the backfield, two-to-one to back-to-crosser. So um, it's our outside linebackers, another good test this week. So Mullen on that responsibilities, especially with the zone option that yep. they run. Yeah, with the zone and stuff. With the be. zone yep. stuff, it's going to be all week they're going to be practicing. Uh, where's Jante? I think I take away. I think I figure out a way, something. Like you get a little more exotic this week. It Not with pressure, just with your coverage. Disrupt, I think you get disrupt, a safety yeah. on the back in in sets. You can't tell me they don't tip themselves off. See, we, we don't watch enough tape to know when they tip themselves off. The staff does. So they know what sets Ashton Giante gets the ball out of 
and out of the backfield. Right. Okay. So I'm saying, all right, you know, you're going to bring, we like this set. We I don't think, think we can get pressure. We're bringing outside backers. That means we got a man up on number two. Who's manned up on number two? I think you go with safety this week. I think yeah. you, you, you have your probably free Caden Coppinen. Yeah. Something like that. Lined up 10 yards deep, but yeah. walking up and getting also, ready because he's going to wheel. When he goes, right. he's going. Tough guy you know? that he, that can match up and bring him down. And bring him down. That's bring the thing. Yep, good point. He can, he's fast enough, and he's tough enough to be able to. I would him. not. Boy, I'm a little worried if you put a backer on him. Just it, This is unique for us to talk Speed. about this. You know, I mean, it, you don't talk about a running back out of the backfield much, but he's their leading receiver. They're not stupid. I give them credit. They're giving their best player the ball as much as humanly possible. Kind of like we talked about with Red. You know, get him the ball in a bunch of different easy ways so he can make guys miss, get his own yak. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. It's it's a worry. It's definitely a worry for me when – How to when, slow him down. Because typically you're not worried about the back. No, you're not. You're run game, but not passing game. I'm worried about him in the passing game quite a bit. I think we can – their offensive line is good. They're good, solid. I mean, my reviews, I've heard about them pretty good. They got a good unit, not, you know, it's not Nebraska 95 or anything. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not the best ever. But they can win with those guys. So we're going to have issues, you know, up front. We always will with an offense. Everyone does. You know, if they have a good offensive line, they're going to get yards, right? But, boy, this two-back thing, I mean, I wrote it in my notes. I mean, two-back is their best set. And that gives you a little bit of headache. And you don't see <laughs> you know? it much. You don't see yeah, it you much. don't see it. That's why I'm interested to see how, you know, Joel, Bubba, Dosh, Flieger, what they come up with this week. Because if you can come up with something, and you can't tell me they didn't hear from Washington how they defended they it. They do have and a how connection. They, yeah, they do. Wow. <laughs> At the you University know, of Washington. Right. And they already saw it, so they know what they're going to do. They know what they saw. They know what they did in-game. What did Washington do in-game once they started? Because they hadn't seen how Bush Hamden is going to run his offense. They didn't know yet. Mm-hmm. So they had to adjust. You know they did. And they held him. They had only had 19 points. So yeah. I think some ideas are there. both their touchdowns off of yeah. the screens. Right. So. <laughs> he's good. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, and if old number 40 out in Seattle is uh, – he, he's still looking to do some MVP performing. So they, they probably got a pretty good scout. <laughs> Oh yeah, so it it it'll be interesting. The, but I think the key, I, I'm I'm confident our defense can hang around, keep us in this thing. We're gonna have to score points. We're just gonna have yeah, to. It's gonna be mid thirties. You know where I think we're gonna have to get to them because Boise, they're zero and two. Their backs are against the wall. I mean, if you're if it's bad enough. You're going to see fake punts. You're going to see something weird because they got to win this game. They can't, you know, I, I don't think they would hope it gets to that point. But they're going to pull out some things that they may not want to if they're not getting, the, you know, the results they're expecting, I guess, come second half. So, yeah, I think this one, guys, is offense. It's all uh, it's all on UND's offense. They so got to win it and controlling keep, the ball, so right. keeping the defense keep, keep off the field. Yeah, well, Utah State, that, we're up twenty-one-seven. Right. The offense completely in dormant. Okay. Yeah. We, all of a sudden, the hyper speed, four receivers, the outside guys, one yard from the sideline, with the, you know their splits are four yards. It started to get to us. It wore us down. We couldn't keep up. Right. And then also, and it was midnight because of the power outage power or whatever. Outage. That so yeah, when you got to protect the whole field. Yeah, and yeah. that just wore us down. Well, yeah. Boise doesn't quite play that way, but 
we got to keep the off, the defense off the field. And I think that's the inside zone game. Because here's the other thing we talked about with inside zone. Demoralizing for the defense when you can't stop a guy running straight ahead of you. Energizing for an offense. And the fans. When you see the other team can't stop you running straight ahead right at you. And you're getting six yards. Right. Okay. So and Take and, advantage of that shorter game, too. Right. Where yeah. Keep the, keep the ball on the ground. Keep the clock running. Keep the clock running, and there's a little yeah. bit of strategy there. Yeah, and I would think, think the – and again, you know, maybe we make too much, and it's for those of us who talk about football instead of those of us who play football. But, you know, when you get to the FCS, FBS, um, keeping the clock rolling is important too. Right. Shorten the game. Now, maybe, maybe that's, again, for us. I don't know if coaches think that, but most coaches, uh, Missouri Valley coaches – the key is always shorten the game. Right. Um, we play uh, Missouri Valley football teams play an old style football. They, you know, want that defense. clock. Maybe defensive football. Maybe with the exception of Illinois State. You know, might they be. they take it to an extreme down at Illinois State. Yep. They'll they'll hand it off three times and punt. Yeah. As long as they're within a touchdown. Exactly. It's like holy you know, man. But like, we. <laughs> uh, but but really that uh, becomes the key, and we've seen that formula with our friends on the north side of Fargo quite a bit too because what they have done in fourth quarters of FBS games, they just don't give the other team the ball. Right. You just keep the ball in your hands and wax it away. Tommy should be able to he should be able to make plays. I think I, I don't see I tried to envision, you know, watching Boise State's defense and whatnot. Some games you come in, you're just like, Well, oh, it's gonna be tough to run the ball today. You know, I don't, or I it's gonna be, gonna be right. I don't think that I think that's gonna this happen. is a entire playbook game. Yeah, Danny just runs what he runs, and he, when I talk, I talked talk to Danny after the game. Said, "Hey, God, it seemed like those Northern Arizona safeties. You know, they're sitting back. You know, they're sitting back." He goes, "No." He goes, "Yeah, I don't even know." He goes, "I don't even think he looks at what the other team's doing. I think he just does his thing." And I don't know. Maybe all offensive coordinators like that, but I thought they kind of noticed. Hey, cover two. You know, they put God. They're sitting in cover two a lot. Let's run the ball or something. You know, like that. I think he just does his thing. <laughs> I think he just looks at his sheet, starts rolling. He doesn't care. I, I think he wants to get them doing what he worried about what he's doing. Well, the, versus what him worrying about what they're doing. Game, the game, yeah, the game know. plan with Danny starts early in the week because the coordinator they, they, he has so many mm-hmm. different formations. He, they run so many things yep. out of so many different formations. Uh, you just don't know where uh, where he's coming from, and I think the, psychologically that starts you know earlier in the week well it is time for us to take a look at how kelly and matt think this is going to play out it's time for kelly and matt's picks the rumors sports bar grill and casino pick them and it's brought to you by rumors sports bar grill and casino our longest standing sponsor they've got a new bus you can get the bus for weddings and parties call for availability and rates And now that football season, the NFL, is in full swing, it's your place for Sunday football as well. Uh, The only place, I believe, Kelly, that you can bet on the ponies in Grand Forks. That is true. Only place you can bet on the ponies. They're hot right now. Ponies are hot. Ponies are hot. (laughs) And it 
it benefits development homes. Yep. They're, they're that's for development what homes, it's for. So that's what it's, it's for a good cause. It, there is, that's what I tell myself that's right. tell. when I'm emptying out my checking <laughs> there account. You go. You know? There is no better cause than development homes. But uh, Billy and the boys at Rumors Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino uh, get there for game day. You know, they're going to be open um, for this kickoff. So what a great place right. to watch uh, the Hawks this weekend. They'll have it on FS1. All right, little controversy. Last week, we had to take it to the people. We didn't know who had won. It was hanging in the balance until we took it to the Twitter, the X, I should say. Yeah. And, you know, the people spoke, Matt. Really good and they, people. Yeah. They overwhelmingly yeah. said <laughs> Kelly won last week. Yeah. Um, so what that puts our record I at, appreciate all of my followers, though, <laughs> yeah. that were like, no, The Matt, eight people you, that you know, voted Matt, for you? Yeah, it was more Matt, than that. It was about 10 to 15. The I only think. way you could have won that is if you would have turned to the Soviet judge. And, right. And yeah. I am as close to the Soviet judge as you're going to the Soviet judge as you're going to find. Uh, Grandpa John was born in Russia, so I can be bought. There's still, you know, there's still little, uh, still little heritage uh, from from the old Soviet well, Union. We might so have to uh, one of these. That was the only points. way you yeah, were going to win. Know. But it, it it puts you in a hot seat. I know, uh, Matt, because you are zero and two. I am Boise right now. <coughs> I have to win one here. Excuse me, folks. I'm two. I continue to cough. I'm battling a cold. I told the guys earlier, um, they thought I was needing a heroin fix at the Alaris the other day, because I was sweating through everything I was wearing oh. onto my seat. And security came and said, "Sir, we don't uh, we don't appreciate your methadone your flank. methadone no. uh, needs here or whatever." But no, I've, I've been battling something for about eight days now. I've been on the PUP, physically unable to yeah. participate. Uh, but Matt, you come into this week zero and two. Sorry to report yeah. that Kelly well, is two and zero because last week Kelly picked the Hawks thirty seven to twenty. Matt had the Hawks thirty one twenty one. As good as you were, Matt. Kelly was almost dead on. I know. Again. I don't know what it is. Again. <laughs> so, but you know what that Going means, good. Matt? I, yeah, I you, pick first. You got to go first. Yeah, huh? And Kelly can always price his right you if he needs to. So. That's right. He does, yeah. I think. And he does and, that sometimes. So, right. Matt, you're going to go first. Who do you got? Uh, so, you know what? We're due. I'm going to go Hawks win. It's going to be a high-scoring game, 35-31. Uh, Close to what I had, not well, I not exact. Get, I, I don't even. I already had it written I, down. I, here, I, I so. don't even look at your stuff. Yeah. I don't even. I don't <laughs> should even, maybe. I don't. Well, yeah. I, so, I'm, I'm going for. I'm pretty much game. nailing what everybody scores, well, but but you know what though? Uh, all in all, UND is due. We're due for an FBS win, and yeah, I think correct. And last year, you know, I had us even Stevens with Nebraska. So just for the record. Yeah. I had his pick to win that game. We fell short, obviously, but uh, our guys aren't intimidated by FBS opponents anymore. We've proven that. Uh, Boise is poised to derail here at some point, and I think you and or unravel if you went to de- private. If you went to private college, derail, <laughs> unravel. I'm just saying, you know, whatever. Make up words. I, I'm making up words. Derail. He's he's uh, he's going for the sympathy vote. If there's another if there's another listener vote, yeah. D Anyway, he whined. No, uh, no UND thirty five thirty one. The national champ picks the Hawks thirty five thirty one. We're going to turn to the All American Kelly. Who you got? Preseason right up. <clears throat> I just went back and looked. I predicted Boise thirty four twenty three. I don't like that prediction anymore. 
I don't like so this you Boise can't team. See, this is <laughs> yeah, I can change. This is completely. Wow, that was before. That was before well, that was, what I'm that seeing. Was before, yeah. yeah, that was before. So, predicted 34-23 Boise. I'm not feeling that anymore. I'm going to change. I've seen seen enough out of UND, and uh, I don't know if I've seen enough out of Boise. I know they've played two tough opponents, but they have not looked the best. You know, they've hung around. They kept kept Central Florida out of the end zone, but they gave up 530 yards. So, you know, I guess there's couple ways to look at that Hawks victory FBS win number two I'm all in I'm all in this yeah, weekend well, I don't know I you know it's hey, the new here's job. thing it's I get yeah job. just positive Kelly it's just the way positive. I am positive you know I'm Kelly. always positive guys yep, that's right <laughs> that's what everybody says about me you know <laughs> but um I think they can win this one I just when I the way I gauge myself is when I I get start thinking I'm can they win a can't they win a can they win a can't they win? And you start, you know, like last year in Nebraska, I was like, nah, I don't think they can win this one. I just, even though they were in it, I was like, well, sure enough, it kind of went away. Utah, whatever in the past, no, nah, they're not winning that game. You know, you just kind of get a feeling right away. This one, I, I trended back. I trended back to UND. I don't, I just feel like they can. Things are going to have to go their way, obviously. Crucial call, let's say a pass interference late that goes for them instead of against them. Getting in on that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. they're going to need a little help. But 31-29. Hawks. 29 Hawks. Odd odd (laughs) score, but I think they pull it out, and I think they're going to be winning 31-29. They're not going to last-second field goal to get to third. No. I think they're going to be up 31-29. They're going to get a fourth down stop, and it – Game over. That's my prediction. Both Kelly and Matt picked the Hawks to win this weekend. The host never picks the score or the winner, um, but I'm going to change course this week. We're going to go three for three. Uh, Hawks are going to win this week, and they're going to win on a Statue of Liberty play a la Boise State's Fiesta Bowl (laughs) win. Now, I'm going to hedge my bet a little bit, not on the winner. I'm going Hawks winning all the way. But whether or not they win on the Boise State Statue of Liberty play as an homage to that Fiesta Bowl victory. Danny Freund dials up a Statue of Liberty. It's going to be. It's going to be. I would put it past. It's going to be. That'd be the ultimate (laughs) fu. Did they just run that? Really to beat us? (laughs) Listen, you see, that's the difference. I thought Oklahoma fans will be rejoicing. Yeah, yeah. We thought we had positive Kelly with us, and he says it's an fu. I say it's an homage, and and Matt. Right. An homage, that's like honoring someone. That's a, that's a private school. Got word. it. Like D-Rabble. Um, that's like yeah. D-Rabble. D- D- what was D-Rabble? D-Rabble. Yeah. D-Rabble. D-Wind yeah. it down. D-Wind. D-Wind. So anyway, we're, we got three for three. Um, so if there are any good vibes coming out of UND Football 360, it's this week. We're going three for three on that. I'm going to turn it to our football experts for some final thoughts. I'm going to go to Kelly Howe. First, and let Matt wrap up this week. Kelly, final thoughts on this game. It's time to get it. Time to get the win. They have had opportunities. I like this schedule. Um, did a good job getting this game. You know, Mountain West team. Uh, I don't know. They, they got to win it. They got to go out there with the right mentality. Win it. They're going to get punched in the mouth. Boise's going to be desperate. Okay, they, they're they 0-2. This is not good. Not unfamiliar territory. For Boise State right now. Don't you mean defamiliar to Yeah, defamiliar. Yeah. <laughs> We're not an un. Yuck it up. <laughs> podcast. Yuck <laughs> it up. But, uh, 
Yeah, UND is just as long as they got the right mentality, stay focused, lack, keep the penalties down. Okay, don't extend drives for Boise. Let them hurt themselves. Okay, get lucky. Get a call or two maybe. I don't know if it'll happen, but hopefully they get something and execute. I don't know why they couldn't be in this game fourth quarter. Win it. I mean, that's it's as simple as that. I don't. I would be shocked if they got blown out. You know, I would be stunned, and I'll come back and talk about that in the review the next week. So I don't see that happening. I don't know. Go with the right mentality and win it. Final thoughts, Matt Nelson. Yeah, we got to hang in the first quarter. We got to punch them in the mouth right away. They're going to come after us, like Kelly said. Uh, they're 0-2. This is a must-win situation, but I think we are seasoned in FBS games now. We are in big games. We got all the games this year are big. So, um, But taking this one, we're due for a win against an FBS opponent. Um, we have the talent, and we have the guys that can make the plays to be able to win tight ball games now and especially at a high level. So I think look for that this week. Uh, let's step it up and uh, level up for this week and take out Boise State. Kickoff reminder, folks, uh, Saturday the 16th, 11 a.m. Central. That means it's a 10 a.m. Central pregame for the Fighting Hawks radio network. That's Jack Michaels, Mike Berg, and Paul Ralston. Uh, 10 a.m. Central time you will be able to hear the pregame. Um, reminder that UND Football 360 is brought to you by Rumors Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino, Development Homes Incorporated, Thunder Lake Lodge of Reamer, Minnesota, and the Kelly Howe Agency, NODAC Mutual Insurance. Guys, it's always fun working with you. I thank you for your expertise, but also thank you to Brian Sean. What a great guest. Brian was. That was such an energetic uh, segment. Always fun to talk to Brian. It's great to have Mm -hmm. Brian on. And, uh, you know, uh, folks, send us your suggestions who you'd like to hear from. There's a lot of people uh, that can be our our Development Homes 360 guests, broadcasters, coaches. We want to hear from you. Uh, Get us at our Twitter feed or leave us a message at undfootball360.com. That's where you can get all of our coverage. You can see Kelly's uh, blogs. Uh, Matt uh, is doing a terrific job on our social media this year. We are all over the place. He sent us our stats. We're growing, um, and we get, we have you to thank for that. Um, you know, we thank our sponsors, but we also thank our listeners um, for growing UND Football 360. UND Football 360 is recorded at the Free Run Single Media Studios in Rocking Horse Farm, Fargo. For more Fighting Hawks football coverage, visit undfootball360.com. Kickoff, 11 a.m. Central from Boise. Go Hawks!